This podcast contains adult content. Listener discretion is advised. For details on specific content warnings, please refer to our show notes. Welcome to Rolling Misadventures, where a group of podcasters take time away from their respective shows to sit down and play tabletop role-playing games. I am your host, Derek, and this week we are continuing our show features, but before we get to that, I do have two quick updates. First up, we want to thank everyone that got us nominated for an N-World nomination. That's the Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news website. Uh, it's a whole bunch of RPG stuff in general, and they have a fantastic forum there. So uh, to everyone that nominated us for an award for their favorite RPG podcasts of 2020, you did it. You got us on their list. Uh, there's about 70 shows there. And honestly, just being part of that list is amazing. But they are taking votes for their top 10. So if anyone wants to help us out, I will have a link down in the show notes. Uh, you do have to make an account, but after you do, it's super simple. It's free. Uh, you could vote for three shows off of that list. So honestly, I would love to see us hit the top 10. I mean, obviously, I'd love us to win it, but there's some stuff that we have no business even competing with on that list. So uh, if people want to help us out by voting, again, that link is going to be in the show notes. We would really appreciate it. Second, I just wanted to give a quick reminder that we are also doing a giveaway as we lead up to the Violet Saga miniseries. All you have to do is visit bit.ly slash Violet Saga to enter for your chance to win a set of metal gaming dice. These are fantastic. I actually kind of want to keep them for myself. But alongside those, you also get two handcrafted leather coasters from Natural 20 Leather that has our Violet Saga logo on it, as well as an RM prize pack of stickers and a pin. We've only gotten a couple people entered so far, so chances are, if you haven't hopped on it, Go ahead, because odds are in your favor for that. Uh, again, that's bit.ly slash Violet Saga. But with those quick updates out of the way, let's hop into our featured show. As many of you know, I regularly talk about my struggle with listening to fantasy actual play shows. There's just so many of them. They have these insane backlogs. And honestly, when it comes to D&D, because I've played so much of it, I know that the combat can also kind of bog down just sitting there at the table, meaning that I'd rather be playing in the combat than listening to it. So when I find a fantasy podcast that really hooks me, you know it's going above and beyond the norm. Now, if you've been a longtime listener of RM, you're already familiar with some of the cast members of the show we're featuring. We've had Tom and Amy, who have joined in for our Magical Dice Girl story, as well as their DM, Russ, who was on our To Hell With You one-shot that we did. So that'll just give you an idea of how great they are at taking ideas and running with them in the moment. And that is because we're featuring Dungeons & Dragons this week. 
They are a 5th edition D&D podcast, uh, full actual play, that is highly edited. And you'll know what I mean when I say highly edited, because I cut out a lot of dice mechanics and stuff in the games that we play. Uh, so if they're just as highly edited, you know it's going to be good. You still get that tabletop banter that we all love, and the comedic timings and, and offhanded comments and things like that. But that doesn't take away from the story that they're telling. It stays engaging, and honestly, the episodes just tend to fly by. There's no slog throughout any of it. What hooked me with Dungeons & Dragons, aside from you know everything I just said, was that they have this fantastic storytelling, off-the-wall comedy at times, but also Russ's rule of cool style of play that just keeps things flowing while you listen to their backlog of something like over 170 episodes. Now, if that does seem a little daunting, I get it. I'm the same way. I have like 40 podcasts that I listen to. But another thing that they did that really helped me get on board was that they were doing recaps throughout every like 25 to 30 episodes. So you could kind of catch up on the story to find a jumping on point. But odds are, if you really enjoy those and you just enjoy their dynamic, you're going to want to go back and listen to all of it anyway. So this week we are featuring their episode. This is episode 74 of season one. It's right at the end of season one. And this introduces their season two characters, Moot, a half-orc wild magic sorcerer who is learning how to use his powers, Glim, a dragonborn paladin with a destiny to save the world and also try to proselytize uh, through Zumba. I know, just bear with me now. Uh, then we also have Sully, who is my personal favorite a lightfoot halfling rogue that honestly has had more jobs than is feasibly possible and is happy to tell you about them. It's a whole lot of fun, so go ahead, give this episode a listen. This is the intro to these characters before season two. And afterwards, make sure to visit dumbdragons.com or you can actually subscribe to them wherever you're currently listening to us as well. You will enjoy this show. So, without further ado, let's go ahead, parody Russ's usual intro that he does for the show, and say, fuck it, let's check out Dungeons & Dragons. Sullivan Slight. We find you in Luskin. So Sully is from a small village outside of Ethkatla, and um, a group of, when he was 10 years old, a group of the Cult of the Dragon came and decimated his entire village, murdered his family in front of him. He was huddling in a pile, probably a pile of ruins, um, could potentially have been a wood pile. He doesn't really remember much from that time, but he was found cowering in the ruins by the head cultist, Akthar Tarvan. And uh, he was taken by Athkar and indoctrinated into the Cult of the Dragons. And he was groomed to do their spy work. Being a halfling, mm -hmm. he was really good at fitting into tight spaces, going places unnoticed. And for years, um, he was loyal and did recon for the cult. Um, and he would bring back tales of and let me, like, if this is, mm -hmm. like, right in timeline-wise, at this point, after, you know, he, he's been with them for seven years or so, seven or eight years, um, 
bringing back tales of the decimators of dragons who are fighting back. Akthar sent Sully to Luskin with a group to learn higher skills, as he put it. Um, Sully wasn't sure what that was meaning, but um, he went anyway because he saw what happened to people who said no to Akthar and so went along without too much of a stink. So you're with a, a small group of cultists and you're pretty, you're keeping, like you said, pretty under the radar. Um, you're wearing more or less common or mercenary clothes. Yeah. Uh, Luskin is a big uh, travel city. So you, you, more, you fit in. There's no need to really hide. There's a lot of uns- it's a whole hiding in plain uns- sight thing. unsavory fellows who you're with. One of them's name is Benty and Barty. They're brothers. You're kind of going merchant to merchant, um, just kind of seeing what they have available. Um, and uh, Benty, he comes up to you. He's like, all right, kid, we got the job. So you're ready to go? What? What? What, what's the job? Look, Akhtar said you wasn't going to ask no questions. Yeah, he said you was pretty easy to just come along. It, is that all I'm doing is coming along? Well, I mean, you, you told us to teach you the ropes, yeah? What kind of ropes are we talking about? Oh, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Yeah, 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 what he said. Okay. Meet us at the meet us at the room tonight, and then we'll we'll head out and go... Get on our way, okay? We'll be there by morning. Okay. Sure. Yeah, okay. They wander off, um, blending into the crowd. What do you do before you have to go to the room? Uh, I probably go to probably like a local pub or a bar somewhere where there's music playing and I sit in the back. Um, I don't order anything, but I love, Sully like loves listening to the music. So anytime he can, anytime he's on a mission, he takes a small amount of time out of his schedule and we'll find where Bard is playing and get his news essentially because he doesn't like to talk to people. So... Yeah, you head to uh, the Cutlass, which is one of the larger, more well-known taverns in town. You sit down in the back, and there's a bard playing, and you order a drink, or whatever you order. Nothing. Nothing? Okay. You blend in quite nicely. Nobody really pays too much attention to you. Um, You see a lot of people coming and going, and um, there's a trio that kind of catches your eye. There's a, a dwarf and an elf and a human, and they walk up to the bar and you see them kind of stumbling about not knowing what they're doing there either. But otherwise, uh, it, it goes by rather uneventful. Um, and it's about time that you should be going to meet Benty and Barty. I um, pass by where the... Um where the bard had out his hat and I and I put a silver 
coin down and I continue out and to the room. Reluctantly, like, almost slowly. You're walking your way to, to, the, to the room where you're staying um, and make a perception check. Oh my. Ooh, 16 plus perception, 17. Uh, you hear a wagon coming up behind you. Squeaky wheels. Yeah, very squeaky wheels. You hear the familiar voice of uh, Benty yell, God damn it, Barty, you're supposed to get something sneakier than this. Sorry, boss, it's all they had. He hops down, he's like, okay, I was gonna like scoop you up and be like, oh, you were, you were kidnapped and teach you a lesson about paying attention, but you could hear us coming from down the block, so. Is this what I'm here to learn about? No, just get in the wagon. We're going to be going on the road here. As I go around to the back of the wagon, I give the the heel of, like, I give the, the wheel a swift kick um, in the hub. And it doesn't squeak anymore. See, Barty, that's all you had to do. Sorry, boss. So you hop in. Yep. Um, and they set off. And uh, they don't outwardly tell you where they're where you're going you just begin to travel out of luskin and on your way can i tell if we're going north or south am i good at that kind of stuff yeah you can make a direction roll nature or survival at 15 (laughs) yeah you can tell you're heading in a westerly direction you're on the road for at least two or three days oh my god what do you guys... Are we there yet? You've been asking that the whole time. Look, we get there when we get there. We're going to meet up with some other folks and then uh, we're going to help out the boss, you know? Can you at least tell me what city we're going to? They kind of look at each other and say, like, no. Why? We're going to get there and you're going to be like, huh, we're in... Well, no, it's going to be a surprise to the people in the city. And I will somehow ruin that surprise by having that information. Gosh, you talk back a lot. God, boss said you were pretty easy going. Boss said you guys knew what you were doing. Okay, we're we're going we're going to the city of cars, okay? Was that so hard? Yeah, well, we were uh, we we tried I- to keep the the mirror of illusion and wonder in your tiny, tiny, Axar's going to be so brain. pissed when he finds out you told me. Oh, shit. God damn it. We're in trouble now. <laughs> Another day goes by. And uh, you get to the high forest. And you are um, a distance away from the city of Carson. You're pulling up to an area where there is a large gathering of other cult members. So this is like some sort of birthday party? Yeah, you could say that because we're going to get all the presents and it's going to be really, really nice. Is it a raid? Yeah. Yeah, it's a raid. Look, you stick with us, you'll be you'll be okay, kid. Don't worry about it. 
How many, how many villages have you guys have you guys raided? Oh, I can't even count them on one hand. Look, we're going in. We're going in at nighttime, and it's it's gonna be it's gonna be just fine, right? You just stick with us. You learn the ropes. What are these ropes that you keep talking about? Look, what have you been doing for the boss? I've been going to different cities, seeing who's meeting up together, mm-hmm. what kind of people are meeting in what groups, what they're talking about, and then coming back and giving him that information. Yeah, well, now we're in more of a, uh, less of an information gathering situation, more of a, um, uh, an item and house clearing situation. Got it? Good. Night comes and they signal to you that you're ready to go. The entire cult begins moving towards the city. It's dark. The canopy of the forest covers it quite well. It's not a lot of light. You see some light within houses as you get closer to this city. The cult has this place surrounded. They've got uh, any number of humans and drakes and wormlings all waiting to move. They get their signal and everybody begins rushing into the city. They begin kicking in doors setting fires, you hear people screaming as you're chasing behind Benty and Barty. What is Sully doing or feeling at this moment? Sully's never really been in this kind of situation. He's barely ever seen a battle, let alone been involved with one. Uh, His heart is racing. He's He's battling his feelings between following orders and the fear that he's feeling that's that's coming up and he's not quite sure where it's coming from, uh, but it's absolutely having to do with memories of this exact thing happening to his village when he was a child. As you see those memories flash in your in your mind's eye. Benty and Barty get to a door and they try to open it and it's locked. They kick it in and there's a scream from inside and a man rushes forward with a blade. He's tripped out the door and stabbed right in front of you at your feet by Barty. Benty then moves into the house and you hear more screaming. Barty pushes you into the house along with them. You see a woman and a child huddled in a corner, clutching various, what could be construed as family heirlooms. And they strike them down. Cold blood. They don't strike out. They begin gathering things into sacks as the 
woman and the child and the man out in the street, the life drips away from them. They fill up their sacks and say, you're on the next one there, kid. What? And they begin moving towards the next house. Um, I, I think I remain frozen in this living space, just looking at the mother and child, just completely shocked and horrified. Come on, let's go. Um, yeah, guys, I, yeah, I, I don't think this is for me. What do you mean this isn't for you? Um, well, I'm not I'm not a fighter, and um, this is a lot of fighting. Look, Barty, just pick him up and let's get going, okay? Barty begins to move towards you. I back up. He rushes at you to try and grab you. I okay. try to dodge. Can I dodge? Dexterity saving throw. 14. You kind of stumble backwards and he reaches for you and he trips over a floorboard and falls down um, and you manage to sneak to the side. The door is open in front of you. I rush at the door. You see Benty standing out in the street and saying, okay, let's get, hey, where's Barty? He'll be right there. And I rush in behind the house. So I make a hard right and rush in between the houses. You hear footsteps up into the building, and then he looks and sees, and he says, Kid, I'm coming! Get I'm, get back here! And then he, you hear footsteps in behind you. There's I, forest in front of you. I run into the forest. You hear footsteps keeping pace with you almost, and then you hear, Ah, oh, God! Barty's in the tree! I don't know if we're going to get him back. I'll just say maybe he, uh, he, he got shot with an arrow. Yeah, yeah, that'll go over well. All right, boss isn't gonna be too happy about that. You hear the footsteps stop and start to walk back towards. You hear screams and then an explosion. There's a large ball of fire that goes up in the city. I don't look back, I keep running. Where do we find Mirian, Oral, Ordania, Torserin, or Moot? Uh, yeah, Murin. First off, if you're going Murin, for the first sorry. Statement. That's all yeah. right. Marion. I said Murian. <laughs> That's too wise. Mid-Marian. 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 Um, yeah. yeah, so, I mean, old school-wise, he, he grows up in, uh, in the high forest in a small forest village east of Kars. And uh, how old is Moot at this point? Uh, in his uh, in his backstory where his uh, event happens, he's probably about 16 or 17. So the city you live in, largely humans and half-orcs and that sort of type or just or half-orcs? Yeah, the, the village that they're in is uh, a blended village of a lot of humans and orcs and half orcs it's uh, a place where they all kind of gathered together to live peacefully moot's family how are they ingrained in the village 
Uh, pretty well. I mean, his his folks are around. His dad's name is Orel, and his mom's name is Odania, which are his two middle names, the two O's in his names. Because uh, he has so many brothers and sisters that they ran out of middle names by the time they got to him, so they just named him after themselves. It's a, it's a bright, sunny day. And uh, we find Moot hanging out with some some friends. Who's he hanging out with? Oh, good question. Um, probably some other half-orc kids. We'll go with his friends, uh, Davy and um, Raquel. You're hanging around with Davy and Raquel, and uh, you guys are talking. You know, you're you're doing what you know young half-orcs do. And you're just uh, kind of having a conversation about some some things that you heard the night prior. You heard primarily a loud explosion that ran through the forest. Did you guys did you guys hear that last night? Yeah, the uh, the the rumbly rumbly thing. Yeah, what was that? I don't know. My my mom said it was an explosion. Wow, who'd be exploding things here? I don't know. I mean. It's- Pretty pretty quiet place, really. Yeah, no, um, it's probably like, I don't know, like people trying to mine trees. People don't mine trees, Davey. What are you talking about? What do you mean people don't mine trees? Well, they they cut them down. They don't mine them. Hmm. But my dad said that that's how they make would I mean uh, I, I don't I don't really know about that Davy but uh I don't I still don't think you mind trees Yeah you're kind of a fucking idiot Davy Oh jeez why do we keep him around He's fun so that's something Yeah yeah I'm fun right I think that's good Uh I don't know um sorry explosion did did you hear anything else about what it what it might have been I mean I I don't know my my parents seem pretty concerned about it, but just, uh, I mean, they didn't really say too much else in front of me, so it was, it's hard to say. My folks are saying there's some some weird stuff happening, like, outside of the forest, like, big cults or something like that. Have you heard anything about that? Oh, shit. No, that, that doesn't sound good, though. No. I don't know. They seem pretty cagey about it. Like, they didn't want to tell us. Mm. Like... Like, maybe they were trying to hide something, but it doesn't seem very good if there's, like, people mining for wood over there. I mean, baby. yeah, it's... it's uh, hopefully they, they leave the forest alone. I mean, that's our home. Yeah, exactly. That's all I'm saying. Oh, well. Hey, maybe we go check and see with uh, with uh, old man What's-His-Nuts over there. You know. Old, old man Barkley? Yeah, old man Barkley. See if he knows anything. Uh, yeah, I guess we could go, go check with him. Let's, uh, let's head over there. Old man Barkley doesn't know anything. He'd probably tell us they can't mine wood. I mean, we've been telling you we can't mine wood. Okay, well, if he tells me, then I'll believe it. Okay, Davey. You guys uh, carry on to, uh, old man Barkley's, which is just a, a rickety old shack at the edge of town. You see him sitting out. In his uh, in his front front yard, just kind of enjoying a, a cup of moonshine. <laughs> uh, hey, hey, Barkley, do you, do you know anything about what happened last night? We heard a big 
big rumble and my my mom said it was an explosion. Moot, you gotta say hello first. That's how oh, you start conversation. Uh, sorry, sorry. Hey, hey, Barkley. Hey, Moot, Davy, Raquel. Sorry, been drinking you've, my cup. You've been you hitting. Know. You've been hitting the shine today. Well, you know when they uh, tell you to stay at the edge of town, what else are you gonna do? Anyways, what was your question? Did you did what what happened last night? We was something about an explosion nearby. Do you have any idea what's going on? Uh, yeah. Um, I did hear it. It did wake me up from my stupor dream, my dream. Um, you know, it's it's probably nothing to worry about. You know, they they've been uh they've been like mining. Yeah, wood. Wood, right? No. Davy, they don't mine wood. They don't. I've been telling you for for weeks, Davy. Oh, right. Anyway, there's some new mining things going up not too far from here. It's probably just that. Oh. Oh, okay, well, yeah. I mean, that takes a load off. Thanks, Barkley. What do you know about the, uh, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. What do you know about the cult situation things happening? The, yeah, I, I just kind of, I just kind of heard about this from Raquel. I don't, I don't really know too much. Oh, well, there's some, there's some folks passing through here that said, um, there's some cult things happening where there's like, there's this people trying to bring like dragons back or something. Oh, dragons are cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dragons are sweet, dude. Sweet. Um, but I think what they're doing is, you know, not, not the most good things. Oh, that's what they say. Anyways, it was just one group. I mean, they were probably just trying to swindle me from a shine. Yeah. Well, yeah you you got to watch out for that. Hey, right. Right. So what are you kids up to today? I mean, I don't know. We were just kind of hanging out, you know, walking around in the forest. You should get a job. I mean, I don't I don't know. Like my my dad's always looking for help at the mill, but, you know, he says I'm kind of too young still. How old are you? No, uh, about to turn 17. Oh, when I was 17, I was. I was working. I was really I really thought there was going to be more to that. <laughs> Nope. Nope, no more. I was working. I was earning a living. I had 16 kids of my own, probably. Wow, that's a lot of kids for that young in life. Well, that's what they called me. The man with too many kids for his age. Anyway, I'll probably let you kids get back to doing what you're doing. Kid things. Uh, yeah, I, I guess we should we should head back. Uh, see you, see you, Barkley. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come back anytime. I'll tell you stories. I mean, we probably won't. <laughs> you head back to town and you spend the rest of the day, you know, doing what kids do. Nighttime comes. Uh, your friends all kind of rush back to their houses. And uh, what does uh, what does Moot do? Uh, heads home for, for dinner as well. He usually helps out, you know, setting the table, that sort of thing. Yeah, you get back home just as uh, just as your your mother is uh, kind of finishing up the meal. You smell it as you walk through. It's one of your favorites too. What do you smell? Uh, yeah, obviously smelling uh, cutlets of some sort. Maybe pork, pork cutlets. You walk through the door and you smell those delicious pork cutlets. Um, and uh, you hear your mom call. Somebody come set the table. Nah, I'm on it. 
Oh, good, good, good. What, uh, what, you, what you been up to today? Uh, we were out in the in the forest, and then we ran across uh, Barkley, and he was. I told you not to go by old Barkley's. I know, but he's harmless. Harmless? The man had sixteen kids by the time he was seventeen. Yeah, he was telling us about that. What a weird choice. <laughs> right? What were you going out there for? Well, we were talking about that explosion last night, and then mm. uh, Raquel mentioned something about a cult or something, and then Barkley was talking about a cult. I don't know. It was all really weird. Do you know anything about this cult? Cult? Um, mm, I heard something, but it didn't sound like anything too serious, you know? Just, you know what cults, cults is as cults does. I mean, I don't, but okay. I mean, they were probably just mining trees. I, I really don't think that's a thing. Why does everybody keep saying that? I hear it's a new way to do it. Anyways, <laughs> it's going to put the mills out of the business. Your father's not going to be too happy about it, yeah, but we'll just keep not. that between you and me, okay? Okay. Uh, speaking of which, your father walks through the door and he sees you setting the table and says, Oh, good job. You have a good day? Yeah, it was pretty good. How, how was the mill? When are you going to come work with me? I mean... You've been telling me I'm too young, so I've been waiting for you to, to say this exact thing to me. Well, today's the day, boy. Okay, maybe not today, because it's the end of the day and the mill's actually closed. <laughs> but tomorrow's the day, boy. Awesome, I can't wait. Can't believe I didn't say this sooner. That means I got to work less while you do more work. Because I'm training you. Yeah, that's usually how training works. <laughs> yeah. It's not twice as much work for the person training the new person at all. That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> Easy couple of weeks for me. Your your brothers and sisters, those that are, are around, they come in and uh, everybody sits down to a big meal. You go through the evening and it's about time for bed. Everybody goes and climbs in and your dad... Yells out to you, he's like, get, get some good rest tonight, tomorrow, get some good rest tonight. That's the, that's the sentence I was looking for. Were you, were you into the shine with Barkley earlier? <laughs> no, don't go see Barkley. He's not, he's not good news. Anyways, what I'm saying is, big day at work tomorrow. Okay, great. I'll, I'll go hop into bed. You drift off to sleep and... Not sure how much time passes, but it's uh, it's a it's a late sunset and it's pitch black when you wake up. You wake up to the sound of screams coming from the streets. I hop out of bed and run into my parents' room. I say, "What's happening?" Uh, your mother and some of your brothers and sisters—they're in the room. Um, and your father is uh, not in there. Your mother says he's he's out uh, he's out by uh, he went to go see what's going on. Told us to stay here. Stay here. We 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 gotta go help him. You and your two brothers are okay. Let's uh, let's let's go let's go see what what we can help him with. You head out and the front door is open and you see people running and screaming and there's uh, there's lanterns. And you look across and down the streets and you see someone throw one into uh, what you know as uh, Raquel's house. The house goes up quickly in flames and you hear screaming 
from inside the house. And you see a couple people dressed in black robes and cloaks. And uh, they are running around, uh, some of them carrying bags, some of them carrying weapons. What do you do? Uh, yeah, I, I yell into my mom. I say, like, they're they're burning people's houses. We, we have to get out of here. She yells back and begins bringing out your, your sisters who are in there as well and kind of looks out the window and two of these people come and stand in front of you and your brothers. And they say, look, if you don't put up a fight, we're not going to hurt you. Yeah, yeah, what he said. Uh, uh yeah, I, I mean, please don't, please don't hurt us. It, why, why are you burning people's houses? You kind of hear from behind you, three more people begin to move into your house. What, there's, there's nothing in there, just, what's happening? Just don't worry about it, okay? There's, there's things above you, kid that you're just, you're not ready to understand yet. Now give us everything you've got in the house and nobody else gets hurt. You hear screams from inside your house. I'm gonna bolt for the house. Dexterity check. Okay. Uh, that's a 13. You managed to outrun one of the people behind you and you get in and uh, you see one of the men with his arm raised towards your your mother and your sisters with a sword in hand. I kind of shoot like the arm out like, no! But while I'm doing this, a like beam of white light like streaks out of my hand and and towards the, the man with his arm raised. The temperature of the room drops several degrees and this white light hits this man and he seems frozen in the place uh, where he was. Your mother and your sisters scream even louder as they see what you have done. And I kind of look down at my hand like what the fuck just happened? They run back into the house and into their room. Um, and two men come behind you and move to grab you. And the same thing happens. This blue-white light emanates from your hand, from your bodies, and it freezes these people in place. And a rift seems to open up in front of you. And you see a deep purple-black energy and you feel it begin to course through you, something you've never experienced before. And the men frozen in place shatter to the ground. And I'm just kind of staring at both my hands like dumbfounded. Your brothers are standing watching from behind you and say, what, what, what happened? I, I, I don't know. I, 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 he's just speechless. You hear an explosion out in the town 
and you look out the window and you see a lot of these these men that you didn't recognize dressed in the dark robes they run away they have bags full over their shoulders screaming is still happening but they look like they are fleeing the town you go out into the street and there are many more houses on fire is there any sort of like water stations or anything that I can like try to help try to put these fires out? Yep. There's uh, there's a there's a well um, in this in town center. You see people running back and forth as quickly as they can um, to little to no avail. The the city itself is by morning half destroyed. And news spreads quickly about what happened with Moot. Despite the fact that you you did what is deemed as is totally good because you saved your, your family, people begin to look warily upon you. That's shitty, but kind of fair. <laughs> Magic and those types of things is more or less frowned upon. And you're sitting at the the table the next day and uh, your your dad sits down with you. He was out fighting the fires. And he sits down with you and says, well, well, uh, well, boy, I don't think we're going to be going into work today. Not just because the place is burned down, but because we've been asked to leave. All of us? Well, most specifically, you, but I mean, we can't, we can't leave, 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 leave you. I, but I mean, everyone's life is here. You can't, you can't, leave i mean the town needs to be rebuilt and people need homes and there's there's so much to do here yeah yeah you're, you're not wrong but what are, what are we to do let our let our let our shining star or our lovely moot go out on the world on his own i mean i can't i can't ask everybody to to come with me that's that's not fair either um i mean i know the the villagers are are wary and and they're worried uh this is i i'm worried too because i don't know what's happening but what if what if i left for a while and and went to go find some sort of teacher who could make me help me harness whatever this is that I've got going on and then I can come back teachers who you, where are you going to find a teacher well I mean who even teaches these things I don't I don't know but there's got to be somebody in like Neverwinter there's all sorts of magicians and things sure sure yeah Neverwinter all right um yeah okay sure yeah how about we think the day on it and then uh, we'll decide whether your magician teachers are real and then 
or if we're going to go be realistic about life and go find somewhere else to live and then just maybe be just i don't know put gloves on you so you don't freeze anybody i i mean i i i guess that's it's i i guess that's an option but this is i i'm worried what if what if this happens again and it's it's someone that that's not trying to kill us that I heard what like I don't I don't know what to do here let's just think on it that they've given us a day we can sort it out we'll sleep on it figure out what we're gonna do in the morning okay you go through the day I don't know how much going out you do not a lot doesn't seem like everyone's too fucking happy to see me <laughs> but uh, night comes everybody kind of nestles in and goes to sleep you're lying awake. I pack a few belongings in like a knapsack sort of thing. Uh, write out a brief note that says, you know, like, I'll come back when I can. Gone to get some answers. You know, all the best sort of thing. And I sneak off into the night. So, Norixius Acra, or Glim. Yes. Where is she from? Her clan lives in the Misty Forest, on the edge of the Misty Forest. And she lives with a, a large clan or a small clan of dragonborn there? I think she lives with, gosh, let's say, I mean, quite a, a small clan. I think there are sort of several clan enclaves in the same area that sort of all like, mm -hmm. you know, trade together and intermarry and all of that. She's not, you know, totally isolated growing up like my girl knew Lara was, but her clan itself is probably like 60 people. And that's all basically like her family, right? Her family and kind of extended family. Dealings with outside like you live in pretty much like a, a, a community solely based on dragonborn. Yes. Probably a little bit more sheltered. Well, maybe not sheltered, but there's probably only like passer-throughs of, of other races. Yeah, definitely. So that is predominantly like the people she has been around, the people she has grown up with. You know, like bards come through every once in a while so that's how they of course like get their news and so she sees different races that way and they're always kind of you know like adventurers and whatnot um that kind of roll through but otherwise yeah i mean she's grown up in with dragonborns your family they send you off somewhere not not because of it for any reason just to kind of go get resources but you say Perhaps Glim is, is a good hunter-gatherer, or perhaps she might actually be not so much. Not so much. I think that Glim, um, she has thus far in her life, she's only 25, has sort of um, been like almost literally the golden child. Like she has been Glimmer. Um, <laughs> she can buy so on she her looks a lot. Um, not necessarily her looks, but um, because 
she and her clan and the surrounding enclaves like all sort of believe that she is destined for something great and have since she was very small. Um, Not necessarily something great, but they believe she is, you know, a million generations later, a descendant of Bahamut. So she is like kind of spoiled. She is like a a good person, but um, yeah, is hasn't faced a lot of struggle in her life, let's say. Let's take that a different way then. There's a bard that's come through, an orc, long tusks, and he comes through and he's telling tales of battles going on in Faerun. You watch his songs and you watch his, you listen to his stories and you come to learn through them that there is perhaps something that you might have been shielded from or just not told by some of your elders is that there is a cult of the dragon and they are trying to rise Tiamat, who is the polar opposite to Bahamut. The bard is, is singing in the center of your, your village Everybody's kind of crowded around him, listening to these stories. Some look a little more shocked than others. Others look like this is, you know, they might have heard of these tales. Um, but you, you come in and you catch, you catch the majority of one of these last songs, singing tales of uh, what he calls the decimator of dragons. And as he wraps up, everybody kind of claps and uh, gives him some change and food. Um, and begins going about their day. So he's tidying up his stuff up at the front. Uh, what does Glim do? Well, I'm going to go talk to him. Um, excuse me, sir. Yeah, uh, yes, yes. Um, what do you... you so surely, please don't take this the wrong way, but surely you must be exaggerating a little bit about the state of the world. I mean, Tiamat couldn't be rising. That's crazy. Oh, no, my dear. Um, yeah, uh, yes, the, the world beyond your, your village here is, um, uh, how do I say, uh, going to the shit. Oh, but I mean, surely the followers of Bahamut are, are fighting against, I mean... Our God is so kind and powerful and wise yeah. and strong. I yeah. mean, there's so how can you what's I guess I'm just confused. I, un- I understand that your confusion, my dear. Um, you live in a very central. How do I put this? Um, so you 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 are shiny dragon. Mm-hmm. There's. There's the not shiny dragons, and then there's the shiny dragons. You know that, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Sh- yeah. The, the, the not shiny dragons. They 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 want to take over the world. And uh, yeah, and the, and the shiny dragons are there. I think we're getting they're they're around, and I think they try to stop. I don't know. What about just the the normal people? Aren't how can there be so many followers of Tiamat that they can overwhelm all the other people in the world? Oh, 
Um, yeah, they, um, well, they have lots of things where they, they, they take in all these people and they destroy their villages and they steal all their stuff and, oh boy, they make it very difficult for people to be around. So lots of people have been fleeing from them because there's not a lot of, of warriors, but some, some warriors, the decimators of dragons, as you heard, they are standing up for what is good and what is right, and they are they are the ones who are leading the leading the battle to try to stop. They must be very brave and smart warriors. Yes, yes. They are <laughs> they are the bravest and the smartest. I I think I met them once. Um you know, they were okay. Um, well, sir, thank you. Thank you for coming and, and seeing us and telling us the news. And I give him some, you know, coins and food and stuff. And then I go to try and find my parents. Thank you. Thank you. And you uh, you, you head off to where you think you'll find them. Where Where is that exactly? Probably. Well, I guess, I mean, they were, everybody was just kind of there, you know, watching the, mm-hmm. the bard. So I think they're probably just like walking back to our domicile. So their names are my parents, Spark and Bean. Going to have to help me with mother and father here or mother and mother <laughs> or father and father. I don't. Um, oh, I like that. Okay. Yes. Mother and mother. Spark and Bean. Perfect. Uh, yeah. You, you catch up to them as, uh, as they get back to your home. Um, and they're kind of just entering the door and they see you coming and they're like, oh, yes, yes, yes. Come in, come in, Glenn. And they open the door for you as they see you running up. Mom, Mama. It's because they have to have different names because they're both moms. Did you, did you know that that's happening in the world? That this cult is trying to rise Tiamat? Oh, you, you heard that, did you? I did. And then I talked to the orc bard and he told me. I mean, things, things are really terrible. He, yes, yes, they, things seem to be, we've heard from more than, more than, more than just that part, um, that things are not well. Um, in fact, some of our own have gone out to see uh, if they can help. Um, and it, it appears that uh, dragons and dragon type are trying to do things that would hurt others right now. Well, don't you think it's our duty to stop them from doing that? Surely we can't just stay here and do nothing if Tiamat might be rising. I mean, that is... For the love of Bahamut, we couldn't possibly just (laughs) let that happen. We have to go do something. You see them kind of look between each other, and one of, uh, uh, we'll say, Bean, is that Mama or Mom? Yep, that's Mama. Uh, your your Mama, Bean, uh, she kind of rolls her eyes a little bit at, uh, at Spark, your Mom, and your Mom says, Glim, We've been we've been trying to keep you from from what has happened. And I feel like I feel like you are old enough now 
that you you can know. The world is is not a great place for for our kind right now. There are many people who look to either recruit us to to uh, make us slaves to larger dragons or to harm us because they don't understand who we are. You have a special place in this. And being your mama, she she kind of crosses her arms and walks into the next room. We were... It sounds crazy, but it came to us in a, a dream that you would rise to be a great protector, a great warrior, someone who people could turn to. But our elders and and your and your mama, she didn't want to tell you this. She they they want to. I want to protect you, but it might be time for you to see the elders and to go off on your own. I, I, I think that I have to. I mean, surely I'm not so worth protecting. We can let Tiamat rise. I mean, that's, that's crazy. That's crazy. I have to help. We should all help, even if it's hard, even if it means leaving here. I think it's the right thing to do. Your mama, she comes back in and she says, I will take her. She picks a bag up off the floor that she was clearly packing in the next room and hands it to you and says, we have people to see. Okay, Mama, let's go. She hands you the bag and you head out and you begin heading off down a path you probably haven't, well, you might've gone down, but you travel for quite a ways until you get to a building you haven't been to before and on the on the the wall is a symbol that you recognize it's the symbol of Bahamut oh hey there rolling misadventures fans it's me your dungeon master Russ Moore Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Dungeons & Dragons today. It is an introduction to our Season 2 characters, Moot, Glim, and Sully, which we ran towards the end of Season 1. There are a couple onboarding points. You can come start with us at Season 1, Episode 1, and come right on through as we try to stop the rise of Tiamat. And then Season 2 with these new characters and old, telling stories of comedic heroism and blunders. We hope that you enjoyed and we hope to see you over on Dungeons and Dragons. You can find us wherever you download podcasts or at dumbdragons.com.
But until then, we hope you have a wonderful week, and we hope to see you on the adventure. Bye for now. Dungeons & Dragons is a Dumb Dragons production. (laughs) 